I came home early to surprise my wife with a vacation. I burst open the door to our bedroom and yelled surprise and caught her in our bedroom with her boss. I was devastated, but I blocked the door with a chair so they couldn't leave, stole his clothes so he was made to stand there awkwardly, and then I forced them to confess everything while I recorded it. He asked if he could leave, but I said not yet. Then I FaceTime his wife to show her my wife and her husband standing there in my bedroom. Here's how it happened and what happened after. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. D-Day was 10 days ago on January 29th. I won't forget that day now either because the day after our anniversary. Since then I have been reading a lot of posts and it's been helpful to know that I'm not the only one. Now I think writing what happened will help me out. It's going to be long because I think minor details matter and I've been playing it over and over over in my head every day. So here's our story. I've been with my wife for 29 years, married for 26 years. I'm a 51 year old male and she is 49. We have two grown kids, a 24 year old son and a 22 year old daughter. We meet in college, dated, fell in love, married, and I thought what I believed was a great marriage. We did a lot of things together, talked all the time, communicated about things that were troublesome. Both of us had successful careers that we both supported each other in along the way. We had a great love life, maybe not as often as when we were younger, but just as passionate. She's in IT and I own a small landscaping company that employs 75 people that I started after graduation. She's been working home a lot since COVID and we've been talking about my easing out of the day-to-day operations and her going part-time so that we can spend more time together and travel, etc. now that the kids are established. Looking back, there were no red flags that I've read so much about. No weird texting, no guarding her phone, no clothing changes, no unusual behavior, no nights out with people from work. When she did go out, it was friends and family and I always heard from someone the next day how I should have come. But I wanted her to go out without me and I enjoy being by myself doing stuff in my shop. She was always home early. To say that I was blindsided is an understatement. Then came D-Day. The week before, I had booked a weekend at a romantic bed and breakfast owned by some friends of ours. Our state is open. The winter festival was that weekend. I leave work early to surprise her and tell her to pack a bag we're going away for our anniversary. I pull my truck in the driveway and find a strange car there. Right away. I just knew. I don't know why, but I did. I'm hoping and praying that I'm wrong, but my gut is telling me that I'm not. I sit there a while wondering what to do. Leave and talk to her later? Leave and pretend that I didn't see it? I'm not sure what to do. I'm shaking so bad that I can't even see straight. When I have something to do at work that might be uncomfortable, I always tell myself, man up, get this over with. Suddenly, the shaking stops and I feel very calm. I have no idea how because inside I'm a wreck. I sneak in the back door and my black lab is laying there with a sad face like he knows, instead of jumping on me. Man, I love that dog. He stays as I quietly go up the stairs. When I get upstairs, I can hear what's going on in our bedroom. I get to the door and open it to see her boss on top of my wife. I I stand there for a second and yell out, surprise! Everything that followed would be laughable if it didn't hurt so much. He rolls off trying to get out of bed, but he gets tangled up in the sheets. My wife is screaming, OMG, 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 and trying to cover up, but she can't because he's still tangled up. He finally gets out and starts looking for his clothes, only they're on the other side of the bed. This just hit me in about the same spot where mine used to end up. I don't know why, but I got to his clothes first and I grabbed them. 
them. My wife is crying and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Over and over. I back up to the door and stand there as he's standing next to the bed naked. I grab the big easy chair out of the corner and pull it to the door and sit down. He asks for his clothes and I say no and toss him my wife's robe from the back of the door. He starts to walk towards me. Now, even though I'm 51 years old, I'm in good shape. I'm six foot three inches and 240 pounds. Years of going to the gym and working in landscaping have seen to that. I look at him and say, if you get any closer, it is not going to end well for either of us. You'll be in the hospital and I'll be in jail. So why don't you just sit down? My wife is now sobbing into the pillow as he sits down. After an uncomfortable silence, he asks, what now? My reply is, I have no idea. My wife is still crying a little, but sits up. Finally, I pull out my phone and tell them that they are going to tell me everything while I record it all. They look at each other and my wife asks, what do I mean? Everything. I say everything. How it started, how long this has been going on, when, where, hotels, dinners, etc. Everything. My wife says this is the only time to which I yell, bull. There is no way that you'd be comfortable enough to bring him to our bed if this hadn't been going on for quite some time. If you lie to me again, I am walking out that door and I'm finding a divorce lawyer. She starts crying again. So for the next 10 to 15 minutes, it all comes out. It's been going on for over nine months. It started with him flirting with her until he asked her to lunch and she went. A few drinks later, they were at a hotel. She came home to me that night like nothing happened. She swears that it was eating her up inside and she wanted to tell me but didn't know how. Again, I call bull. If it was eating you up, it would not have been easy to keep doing it. They even went to a week-long convention for work that I used to go with her to. She told me that the company policy changed and spouses couldn't go anymore. I put my phone away and more silence. Then an idea hits me. I look through his clothes for his phone and ask him for the passcode. He actually gives it to me, so I start going through his phone. I find some pictures of a woman who I assume is his wife, and then I ask her name, Carol. She's very pretty, but not as pretty as my Ashley, I tell him. More pictures of kids, find out that he has three kids, and finally, a family picture of all of them. I hold up the phone and say, a beautiful family. Why did you throw it all away for a tumble with my wife? His reply was, what do you mean throw it all away? You really think that Carol isn't going to find out? How is she going to find out? I am going to call her right now. He stands up and says, No, you can't. My wife screams out, Please, you can't do this to him. I lost it. Can't do this to him? You have destroyed me. Our family, our friends, our future, and broken my heart. And you are worried about him? I'm shaking again, trying not to let her see me cry, but I can't hold it together anymore. I fall back in the chair and I start sobbing. She tries to come over to me, but I look at her and say, stay the hell away from me. After a while, I calm down and I look at his phone again. He says, please don't, I'm begging you. I swear I'll tell her. Yeah, right. I reply. He's standing there pleading with me not to as I find her number and decide that FaceTime would be even better. She answers and says, hi, sweet. She looks surprised and says, who are you? Is my husband okay? He is for now, but he won't be in a minute. I flip the screen to show him standing there in my wife's robe. I say, I believe you know him. The room he's standing in is my bedroom. The flowered robe he's wearing belongs to this woman, swinging the phone to catch my wife trying to pull the sheets over her 
head, but it's too late. That's my wife and I came home early to find them doing the carnal deed. I truly feel sorry for her and lousy for how I did it. She starts crying and then he tries the, Honey, I'm so sorry. I can explain. It was just one time. That whole routine. I tell her not to believe a word that it's been going on for over nine months and that I just spent the last 15 minutes recording all the details they were willing to share. I tell her I'm going to text her my number and she should send me her email and I will send her the video. I give him the phone and I hear her tell him when he gets home there will be a bag packed outside and if he tries to come in the house she will call the police and then she hangs up. I toss him his clothes and he leaves after he's dressed. Now it's just me and my wife. She looks at me and starts to cry saying she is so sorry. She never meant to hurt me. Can I forgive her? It didn't mean anything. Blah 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 blah. All the usual cheater BS. I look at her and I tell her to pack a bag and get the hell out of my house. I go downstairs and I pour a drink. I'm sitting on the couch and when she comes downstairs, she starts towards me and I just say stop. She asks if we can talk about this and I tell her maybe, just maybe, but not now. I tell her it's going to be really hard not to look for a divorce lawyer and then she starts crying again. She looks at me and I know and I love you is coming, but I say don't you dare say that to me right now because I don't think I will ever believe it anymore. More crying as she turns and walks out the door. Seeing her crying walk out the door, my entire life leaving, I break down and I fall on the floor shaking, sobbing uncontrollably. I have no idea how long, but I finally sit down, still crying, and I call my best friend. I try to speak, but start crying again, and I can't get the words out. He asks what's wrong, but I can't talk. He asks if I'm at home, and I kind of grunt, yeah, and then he says it'll be right there. 30 minutes later, he's in my house. I'm still crying. I give him my phone with the video up, and he proceeds to watch. I can't bear to hear it. I get up and get us both a drink. He comes in the kitchen and takes my drink away and dumps them both, saying, this isn't going to help you. He tells me that I can't stay here tonight alone and to go upstairs and pack a bag. I come downstairs and he has my lab on a leash and then we go to his house. That day was 10 days ago and I still feel like absolute trash. I knew this was long but thank you for making it this far. What should I do? This was horrific. Going through something like this is going to change this guy for the rest of his life. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to be completely the same again or be able to trust on the same level as he did his wife for all those years. How can you be together for almost 30 years with someone and there is no red flags, no signs, nothing, and then this happens. Is it because of the intoxication of the power dynamic between her and her boss? Is it because she didn't like him the same way she did 30 years ago? I'm guessing that's the reason why he tried to force a confession out of them to try and get a complete understanding of the whole story. I've never actually heard of something like that happening in one of these situations where someone discovers their partner in some sort of infidelity entanglement like this. In some ways, this reminds me of the book The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. If any of you guys have ever read that, that is a very intense story about immigrants who come to America and they work so hard in the worst of conditions and ultimately they have no other choice but to end up in a situation like this. It's not at all the same from the wife or the boss's perspective, but from the original poster's perspective here, the husband's perspective. Sort of the same feeling of hopelessness. And the whole thing is just sad. It reminded me a lot of this story. 
So if you could give the original poster here any words of advice, what would you tell them? Let me know down below. Am I the jerk for weaponizing my femininity by crying since the teacher wouldn't stop another student harassing me? I'm not in the USA. Here in South America, things are really this bad. For a little backstory, I, a 15-year-old female, lost my mom when I was five. My dad raised me alone until last year when my second dad, whom I'll call Papa, moved to our home. Now we are a happy family of four. Me, two dads, and a dog. I'm not ashamed of my family, so I've never hit it. I'm not really popular at school, so I really just told my friends and it was all good. Until about two months ago, a boy, I'll call Duncan, 15, found out. Duncan started with simple jokes like, wow, which one of them is the mom? Which I promptly told the teacher, Mr. Smith, who said, he's just trying to understand. If you want people to understand you, you have to be patient. Duncan started to escalate with, enjoy your time here. It'll get worse when your sinner family goes to hell. And again, I went to Mr. Smith, who said, you can't be prejudiced with his religion. It's wrong in the Bible. He's just trying to understand. In my country, every class has only one responsible teacher, so I couldn't go to another. I have many examples, but this paints the picture. After two months of that, I realized if I wanted him to stop, I had to do it myself. So when he started with his homophobic stuff at the cafeteria, I started to remember the saddest thing I could. All the movies where dogs died. All the sad romance movies, Mufasa's death, the fox and the hound. It didn't take long for the waterworks to come. I started to bawl, ugly sobbing while basically screaming at him, asking why he said I would go to hell, why he hated me and my dad's, just making a huge scene. Duncan started to stutter and pled, trying to make me go to class with him and talk to the teacher. I wonder why. I just cried louder and flinched when he tried to pull me away. The scene was so huge that we ended up at the principal's office. Mrs. Yates listened to both sides and she was pissed at Mr. Smith. She let me tell the whole story, even when Mr. Smith tried to interrupt me to defend Duncan. At the end, Duncan got a five-day suspension and the principal told me to go directly to her if anything like that happened again. When we left the office, Mr. Smith stopped me and told me, I hope you're happy. You put a permanent mark on a good boy's record because you decided to weaponize your femininity instead of being a little understanding. He tried to make me apologize to Duncan, but I told him I would go right back to the principal's office if he did and he dropped it. Then later, Duncan's friends started messaging me, accusing me of acting like Amber Heard and ruining a boy's life just because I can. I didn't tell my parents yet because they are always afraid that I'll suffer because they chose to love each other and I'll not bring anything I can handle to worry them. I don't feel like I'm wrong, but with Mr. Smith's warning and Duncan's friends, I'm starting to doubt. Am I the jerk? But before you decide, there is an update. On Sunday, I sat my dad's down and I told them everything. I was crying a bit in the end since while telling them, I realized how heavy it felt to be carrying all of this. Sunday was the first time I saw the angry side of Adam. Not at me, but at Mr. Smith. He saw red, but the first thing he reassured me that I was not in trouble and I would never be for fighting against bullies. Dad didn't talk much. He seemed so sad and shocked just holding my hand, but Adam talked more than I ever heard about his past, about bullying from teachers, from students, from church, and even from family. He told me how cruel the world can be to who is different, how people will try to silence me and minimize my anger and my suffering and to never back down, and that I will always have my family behind me. He thanked me for loving them so much and that I was willing to fight for them, but he told me that I was the child here, his child that he never imagined he could have and that he would protect me. I didn't realize how much he loved me. I knew he liked me. He is my family, but I just 
just felt as loved as when dad tells me he loves me. It was a very nice and warm feeling. Adam and dad went to school with me on Monday, straight to Mrs. Yates' office and told her everything about the text. I had them all on my WhatsApp about Mr. Smith and I explained the bullying in more details. Their conversation was long and after I gave all the information I could, I was asked to leave to class while they talked and only knew the result when I came back home. My dads gave Mrs. Yates two choices. Number one, she removes Mr. Smith from teaching and do a seminar with the teachers about bullying and LGBT causes that my dads are willing to pay for, or they remove me from the school, sue the school, and go to the local newspaper with the story. She chose the first option, but asked for a month to find another teacher. Meanwhile, she will monitor my class closely, and Mr. Smith won't be allowed to penalize my grades like some of you guys feared. Apparently, Adam has a bit more experience dealing with this than I knew, but he also explained to me about privilege and that talking works so well this time because this is a private school that worries about money and reputation and we have enough money to fight, pay for a lawyer, and sue. He told me that many of the children from public schools, like his childhood, have to suffer in silence because they don't have the support that we have this time. So altogether, Duncan will be my classmate, but at least Mr. Smith won't bully any more of us. He was the real jerk in this situation. With that being said, was I the jerk for weaponizing my femininity by crying? I'm pretty surprised that the ultimatum that her dads gave the school, Mrs. Yates, actually worked. I feel like a lot of times when you give some sort of ultimatum to these institutions, they just go by the, that's not in our policy type of response. But here it actually worked, and Adam actually explained why it worked, why they're in a very advantageous position to be able to do this how they are. And when it comes to the main question, whether or not she's a jerk because she weaponized her femininity, I mean, if that is a bad choice, then that is probably the least bad of the bad choices in that situation. I mean, she could have responded to this with something far worse by ruining this guy Duncan's life or even responding with violence. She could have handled this in a far worse way by grabbing a roller skate and swinging it at Duncan. But I don't even think the way that she handled it was bad. She probably didn't see any other options. And if she did nothing, it would only get worse. At this point, it was progressively getting worse. She actually made a point to say that the first few comments were not that bad and then they kept getting worse and worse from Duncan. So she probably noticed the pattern and noticed that this was going to continue in that direction. So if you were the dad in this situation, how would you have handled it and jerk or not a jerk and why? When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.